again, it's Charlie O'Shields back with another episode of Sketching Stuff. If you've been listening to my stories for even just a little while, you'll likely know that I'm a big kid at heart. So it should be no surprise whatsoever that as the holiday season arrives, my inner child is pretty much in charge of the entire month of December. My family, like many, celebrated Christmas with a daily countdown. My mother used to jam tiny little gifts into matchboxes that I could open on each of the days leading up to the big day. Sometimes there would be just a note inside to send me on a scavenger hunt to find the tiny gift that was still a bit too big to fit into the box. Those were such magical times, and interestingly, well, when people say interestingly, that's always a big assumption you'll find a thing interesting, but I at least find it interesting that I can't remember a single gift from one of those little boxes. It was the entire experience that I remember most and the love and care that my mother put into trying to surprise me. It made for such a magical month and I've carried that love of the month with me to this day. So no matter what you celebrate in December, I hope you enjoy this next set of stories that came about once upon a time when I was drawing and painting cheer. Welcome to Sketching Stuff, a collection of stories sketched from life. Infinite Possibilities For a prompt of scarf once, I decided to sketch a little kitten wearing one while admiring the falling snow. I love watching kittens and how they're totally and completely fascinated with everything around them. This actually applies to children as well, which is why when I sketch I always have my inner child there for inspiration. Heading into a new year, I'm so excited for all of the things coming next. I don't know exactly what they will all be, of course, but that doesn't stop me from being thrilled all the same. What I adore is the same thing I adored when I was a little kitten myself. There were so many possibilities that the world seemed endlessly intriguing. As an adult, it's easy to approach the same idea with a feeling of being perfectly overwhelmed. There's just so much to do and try and so little time to do it all. I get a bit stressed when I think about those possibilities with my adult brain, but when I look at all those swirling opportunities with the eyes of a child, I simply see a snow globe full of beautiful chances that, if I'm daring enough, I just might take. I had someone tell me recently that I seemed confident, which actually confounded me as this isn't the case at all, or at least how I've always thought it was defined. It's that feeling of being self-assured that isn't really how I feel much of the time. I often wish my sketches were better or I could create those effortless and gestural lines of the illustrators I adore, but that doesn't stop me from showing up with my own little sketch each day. And that's the trick. I don't have to actually be confident to seem that way to others. Showing up each day to sketch and write makes it appear that I'm rather certain that I have something worth sharing. I'm not at all sure about that, but I certainly hope that what I share is something a few folks might enjoy. Instead, I would more accurately describe myself as hopeful and optimistic. I believe that my words and pictures will reach whoever needs to hear that particular story, like this one about a kitten filled with hope who makes a silent wish upon a snowflake. As I get older, my wishful hope is that my heart continues to stay young. I want to always be able to look at the world like I'm viewing it for the very first time. I want to see each line and shape of everything around me as if I'm the first to ever notice such things. I never want to lose that youthful feeling of wonder. Then I'll always be able to do the unthinkable. Those things I've learned can't be done. 
Instead, I'll try those things again in a freshly different way, excited to see what happens this time. It's the logic of a child, to be sure, not an adult who already knows better. I think that life can be exactly like a storybook, filled with beautiful colors and lovely surprises at every turn. And as we move into a fresh new year, I hope that your life is filled with all of the wonder and hope your own inner child brings. Even as the holidays pass, I'm holding on to that feeling that reminds me that the world is always merry and bright. It just depends on how you choose to view it. I, for one, always hope to be brave like a child as I move into the unknown of a brand new year and face all of those glorious and infinite possibilities. Waiting to Fly For a prompt of reindeer once, I chose to do a simple sketch of one just before taking that historic trip with Santa. As Christmas gets even closer, I'm sure all of the flying reindeer must be resting up a bit in preparation for the flight. When I was a kid, the reindeer were always my favorite, and I would barely be able to sleep the night before Christmas as I listened to hear the sound of hooves on my roof. And as an adult, I have to admit that all of the anticipation feels pretty much the same as it did back then, or at least how I remember it. My mother enjoyed it as well, making little things for me and testing out the battery-operated gifts with my dad the night before Christmas. She still tells me stories about the two of them giggling and her being worried that I might wake up. Little did they know I was already awake. But my attention was so focused on listening for sounds on the roof that I never once heard what was going on two floors below me. It's these memories that have woven a blanket of magic that covers me with love each season. My dad is no longer with us, but thinking of him playing with my toys before I received them explains much about how I turned out. And though I never had kids of my own, I never actually grew up either. So for me, this season is just as magical today as it was back then. This afternoon, we went with friends to see the new Star Wars movie. The month after I turned six years old, I saw the first movie in this franchise and then grew up with it during grade school, so I was super excited. It didn't disappoint me at all and was incredibly entertaining with a very satisfying end to everything. Well, things that make studios lots of money never really end, of course, but it was fun to see the conclusion of a story over 40 years later. And best of all, it made all of the memories of when I was a kid come flooding back to me. One of the toys my dad simply had to test first all of those years ago was a remote-controlled R2-D2. For anyone who's not actually familiar with Star Wars, this is a little droid or robot that looks like a white capsule with two legs on either side and a metallic domed head. After my dad tested it, they couldn't figure out how to get it back into the box, so they just stuck a bow on it and left it sitting under the tree. When I came downstairs that morning and saw that little droid glistening under the lights of the tree, I'm pretty sure I squealed loudly before rushing over to it. These and so many more wonderful moments are what I remember about Christmas as a kid, and they're the same moments that Philippe and I recapture as adults. Sure, there's foie gras and wine these days, but everything surrounding that hasn't changed much in all of these years. Certainly, the best secret to staying young is to simply avoid growing up in the first place, and the phrase young at heart doesn't quite describe the feeling accurately enough to me. 
This implies that my youthful side is now just a memory I love to remember instead of something real and present that's happening to me each and every day. My heart isn't just young, my mind, my body, and my soul are all transported back to a time when hope made anything possible. I still believe in that magic. I believe that the future holds wonderful things and that I can do anything I set my mind to do. And I believe that everyone else can do the same as well. And though I haven't done all of these things quite yet, I know in my heart that I will one day. I'm still just waiting to fly. One shiny ornament. For pomptum ornament once, there were plenty to choose from on our tree, but my eye kept going to one of the simplest. This is just one of those plain gold glass ornaments, but when it reflects the tree, lights, and entire room, it becomes rather magical. Today, Philippe and I went grocery shopping to get all of the things we need for our Christmas festivities. This included a trip to Trader Joe's, and they had my Harry and David pears. These are the pears that Philippe mocks me about each year because they are too expensive. By this point, I don't even ask and just grab a box. I told him they're now certainly a tradition. We had one this afternoon, and when he bit into the pear, I could see his eyes light up with joy. Then, of course, he shrugged and told me they're good, but not that good. Another tradition fulfilled. As we were buying all of the groceries, the cashier smiled and mentioned something about a gathering. Little did she know, all the food was just for the two of us. We're off work all week, and Philippe was worried we wouldn't have enough food in the house. We're now stocked and ready for both Santa and even the unfortunate occurrence of a nuclear disaster. But as for me and my inner child, we're perfectly thrilled for the coming days ahead. We actually had quite a lot of errands to run today, which made the day sail past much faster than I would have liked. As I once again count down the days until Christmas, I'm holding on to each and every moment as it all seems to disappear so quickly. That said, I have all of Philippe's presents wrapped now, and so I'm super excited to give them to him. In our house, the tree stays lit and everything continues until the new year, so it's really Christmas month. And I'm hoping for some fun toys to play with this year, as that's all that I put on my list. At my age, if I want something necessary, I'll just go ahead and buy it. This is the time of year to request things I can't quite justify buying for myself. But as ever, Philippe is most excited about all of the things I didn't request. He's mentioned several times that he's quite happy with his selection, so I can't wait to see what he came up with this year. But as we were purchasing all of the things we need for our celebration, I remembered that the gifts really just become decorations. They're not the main event, but make the event much more festive. Some of them are so inexpensive it's almost silly. One year I got a three-pack of white gel pens as one of my gifts, and Philippe almost had to take them away from me so we could continue the evening as I immediately started sketching stuff. Yet the real magic of Christmas Eve for us is just spending an entire evening slowly moving from one delightful little hors d'oeuvre to the next, all with just a warm glow of candlelight and love. Then we do it once again on New Year's Eve, heading to bed before midnight, as always, knowing the year will begin whether we're up for it or not. Our traditions are nothing too extravagant, but they always bring me joy. And so, as another day goes by in this magical countdown of the season, I'm pausing to celebrate the beauty and simplicity of our life together, reflected in one shiny ornament. Mm. 
one little tree. When I was at my mother's house earlier this month, I was told the story of how they almost didn't find her Charlie Brown Christmas tree when unpacking decorations. This little tree was made famous thanks to the Peanuts holiday special that's been an annual tradition since before I was born. In it, Charlie Brown selects a rather meager natural tree instead of a colorful aluminum one for the school play. The popularity of the show and this little tree ended the aluminum tree fad instantly, and production was almost stopped by 1967, just two years after the special aired. My mother's version is not really a replica of the cartoon one by any stretch, but instead a tiny tree with a few fiber optic branches. What struck me was that out of all of the wondrous decorations she has, this tiny humble tree was a must-have. My sister helped her search box after box, but when the thing isn't lit, it resembles a miniature dark green toilet brush and therefore is rather difficult to spot. Finally, via some holiday miracle, they found the tiny tree nestled at the bottom of the last box. I had missed all of this drama prior to arriving and simply saw the tiny tree in its usual spot, sending earnest doses of cheer from the corner of the room. And I had to agree, it wouldn't have been the same without it. It's funny how the smallest things become so incredibly important this time of year. We have tiny ornaments that get completely lost in our much larger and more massive tree, but getting them out and seeing them once again each year is such a joy. Though many of the elements repeat themselves from house to house, the way each family decorates for Christmas is as unique as handwriting. It's like entering a life-size scrapbook of memories. Earlier this season, just before Thanksgiving, the large painting over our fireplace mantle came toppling to the floor. Philippe and I were upstairs at the time and the clatter was alarming, like Santa had decided to arrive early and had a bit of a crash landing. After securing it back into place, I was suddenly worried for our mantle decorations and told Philippe that I'd add them after we got back from visiting my family. The painting was still in place when we returned, so I added our precious decorations. Then, while we were in the kitchen, we heard a crash. My heart sank. Yet when I entered the room, the only thing the painting took down with it was the L votive from our Noel candles, and it was perfectly unharmed. A second little miracle. The glass of the painting, however, was completely shattered and indeed much more expensive to replace. But all I could think about was that little spared votive and how much more it meant to me. The set wasn't a family heirloom, but something we simply found on sale one year. That's the transformative beauty of this season. It's never about the price of things, but instead those little unassuming things that have somehow managed to become priceless. Sometimes it's the tradition of having something on display each year, and sometimes it's just the feeling that words can't describe. And as Christmas gets closer, I'm certainly excited about the coming gifts, but I would be remiss to ignore the gifts I already have. And sometimes those can feel even more special. It's hard to compete with those little things we've had for years that tell our unique and special story. And that's why the holidays don't really require much to enjoy properly. Sometimes all it takes is one little tree. One little toy. 
For Prompt of Toys once, so many options ran through my mind, but I decided to take the opportunity to sketch the little teddy bear that my sister gave me earlier this week. It was tiny and adorable, and when she first showed it to me, she just said that she got it for 75 cents at a garage sale. As she was purchasing it, the man realized it was actually a collector's bear, but the deal had already been made. Apparently, it's a Boyd's bear and from the Mohair Bear Collection. This is all still a mystery to me, as I just adore it because it was a lovely little gift from my sister, as I had to say goodbye once again. Thankfully, it won't be a full year before I see her again, as she'll be heading my way in the spring. But it's always bittersweet to say goodbye to the people you love and wonderful to have a little token to remember them by. I had this bear in my bag that I brought, which is also the bag I carry to work. It was still there today since I just wanted to keep it with me, and on a work break I had time to sketch and notice this little bear staring back at me from the bag on the floor. It made me smile and remember all of the fun I had with my family, and quite suddenly a little pocket-sized bear became the most beautiful thing in the world to me. I'm so thrilled to be home again, but I already miss my family, and this was my first gift of the season, which makes it extra special. I also received a tiny Paddington bear from my mother with crocheted clothes, but I had already removed that one from my work bag. It's currently on a shelf sitting next to the larger Paddington that my mother made for me last year. This is the point of the story where one might ask just how many teddy bears does a man in his 40s need, uh, but that's simply not a question to me at all. What I know is that I still love teddy bears and toys. I always see advertisements for toys for grown-up men, and they all seem to be power saws and tools of some kind. I still want the toys I had when I was a kid. There was never a point in my life when I stopped loving those toys or felt the need to grow up. What I feel today isn't quite nostalgia, as that implies that one is looking backward at the things they used to enjoy. My childlike heart has never faltered. And that's why when it comes to Christmas, there are only toys that a child could enjoy as well on my list. This includes the art supplies, of course. Philippe is just a touch more grown up in that he wants a couple of cooking items that he wouldn't have requested as a kid. But the rest of his list is very much like mine. It strikes me that by pursuing a fully creative career, I was never required to grow up. In fact, doing so would have hurt my career. No longer would I be able to make those imaginative leaps that can make a grandparent stare in awe and wonder at their grandchildren. I wouldn't be able to do things that are just a bit different than the norm and create a rather unique website called doodlewash.com that I hope you'll visit very soon. My adult brain would just mimic what everyone else was doing, but the little kid just rushes forward to grab whatever toy seems shiniest in the moment. And I've no idea if I'm on the right path or if I'm doing things correctly or indeed where I'll go next. What I do know is that I'm enjoying the path I'm on. And that's really the best thing anyone can ever hope to achieve. And sure, there are bigger and better things to accomplish in this world, but for a little kid like me, I'll always find myself once again mesmerized by one little toy. The Joy of Falling Snow 
For a prompt of mittens once, I decided to sketch a happy little snowman wearing a pair. When I was a kid, there was nothing better than looking out of the window and seeing the snow falling for the first time in the season. Any time it snowed was fun to be sure, but the first snowfall was always so exciting. Of course, to make a snowman, a lot of snow is required. So I always remember hoping it wouldn't stop and we'd get a full and proper snowfall. These days, I don't make snowmen and have to drive in the stuff, so I tend to hope it falls just enough without making the roads too precarious. But every time I see a light and fluffy snow drifting down from the sky, it still feels magical. And I'm always tempted to run out and create a snowman, but I live in the city and don't have a yard of my own. Though I always preferred gloves over mittens when I was young, I had to admit that they're perfect for building a snowman packing down the snow without a lot of obvious handprints. Though mine never came to life like the one in that song, it was still a wondrous thing. A friend that only came around at a certain time of year. Though watching your new friend melt was also a bit sad, so I always like to believe that he just went back up into the sky flake by flake. Today, Philippe and I went out to lunch as we're still in vacation mode, and just like being on vacation, we overindulged a bit, so we were a bit lethargic this afternoon. Even though we wanted to just crawl back into bed, we decided to keep cracking on this year's puzzle. We've made good progress and we'll certainly finish it this evening. My mother always glues the puzzles that we complete together. When I was there visiting earlier in the month, she pulled some out as one might a stack of photos. What struck me is that she told me the story of making them. How the dinosaur puzzle was difficult in places that had the same color, but how my nephew managed to get all of them put together. At that very moment, he jumped up to continue the story of how they tackled this puzzle together and won. It wasn't just a picture anymore. It was a shared trophy. And I realized that she wasn't gluing the puzzle together to keep the picture. It was to preserve the memories of those moments together. Our dog Phineas is still sitting at the table with us while we put together our puzzle. He looks a bit bored, but determined to be part of this odd family tradition. He occasionally sniffs his disapproval and shakes his head sadly. No doubt he's thinking that only an idiot would purchase a broken picture. Yet then he rallies and looks intently at the pieces like he's willing them into their proper place. Philippe asked if we were going to glue it and keep it. Perhaps we should. This is certainly a moment worth preserving. And though a snowman can't be preserved like that, it's wonderful to make a little sketch of one. As the childhood memories came rushing back to me, I found myself drawing the feeling more than any actual moment. This isn't a particular snowman that I remember making, but the entire experience of fresh snow, fresh dreams, and moments filled with infinite happiness. It's another memory of lovely family moments preserved. So no matter how old I get each passing year, I'll never be able to forget the joy of falling snow. Thanks so much for listening to the Sketching Stuff podcast. I hope you enjoyed it, and new episodes will be added bi-weekly. Visit me at sketchingstuff.com to share your comments and stories. Thank you.